So hello and welcome everyone to this EPP Group talk in the European Parliament here uh, in Strasbourg on an EU budget battle. Billions more in emergency funding uh, on recovery from the pandemic, strategic autonomy, Ukraine war, migration, natural disasters. We need billions more for that. There seems to be a lot of consensus here in the European Parliament for that. But what about the battle among the national governments of the EU27? That is not clear yet. Joining us to talk about this are three EPP Group MEPs on the, EU, on the European Parliament Budget Committee. Uh, Jan Olbricht from uh, Poland, Anna-Michelle Asimakapoulou from Greece, uh, and Siegfried Murashan uh, from Romania. The background on this is uh, that uh, there, there is support in the European Parliament for 10 billion euros more for the European, on top of the European Commission's uh, six, nearly 66 billion uh, in additional funding uh, for 2024 to 27. Uh, and what is that extra 10 billion going to go for, Jan? Yeah, but first of all, to, uh, we have to explain why we, as Parliament, if the Commission wants to add 66 fresh money, new money, yes, it means that uh, when the Council is not hiding, they, they are not in favour. And we as a Parliament, we are not only supporting Commission 66, but say 10 more. Yeah. Why? why? It, it, this is not technical number. Of course, this is the result of compromise in the Parliament. We should show the, the number which is um, significant, but also very concrete and rational. Mm. It means that to, to show that we think what is most important for Europe. That's why we said yes for Commission proposal, yes for Ukraine, yes yeah. for STEP. It means for the innovation competitiveness in, in the world. Yeah. Yes for, for, for migration. And, uh, but for us, what is really important is also the question to make the budget more flexible to be prepared for any unexpected uh, situations. And of course, more money for the floods, fires, etc. That's why it's 10. It's 10, it means we show how it should be distributed. Someone can say, okay, this is realistic. I mean, 10 more, mm. if it's 66. No, this is the political game. It means that we are showing what is the importance, what are the main issues and why we would like to, what we should like to reinforce, you know, right. if the Commission wants to put some money, we say it should be reinforced, probably at the end, the Council will have to take into account, we'll see what the result. So 10 is not technical, 10 is very political, okay. but it's very well uh, analyzed and counted. Let's look at one aspect of this, and it's for emergency response, extreme weather, fires, as we saw in Greece, Anna Michelle. Why is some of that for 10 among the 10 billion so important? Yeah, this is where we're asking for a, a two billion top two up on, on top of what they're giving. And I, I'm yeah. not even convinced that that's enough. But mm. look, the I mean, Greece and, uh, and other countries, but yeah. I can tell you the situation in Greece. I mean, we had unprecedented floods and fires. Mm. The damage is unimaginable. But unfortunately, these phenomena are no longer unexpected. The new normal is climate change, and that means catastrophic uh, extreme weather conditions. Right. So we need to deal with this. Why am I particularly worried about this? This is like a big picture, like Jan did, a big picture look at this. Hmm. Um, the Green Deal is our central, you know, legislative work here amongst other things. But 
you have to give people the ability to deal with climate change in the short term. Yeah, the in the short term, right. climate change is natural disaster. It's adaptation and mitigation, right? So, And in the long term, of course. Yeah. But if you don't want to lose people from the Green Deal in the long term, and yeah. if you don't want populists swooping in and taking mm. the political agenda based on that, you have to deal with what's happening on the ground today. And what's happening on the ground today needs more money. Right. OK. And then this... This uh, uh, 10 billion extra on top of the 66 billion, this is, has to go to the national governments, European Council. Um, Siegfried, how optimistic are you that the negotiations uh, can, uh, can, uh, can prevail through the negotiations? Look, the truth is that one of the main tools that the European Union has to do good is its budget. And whenever people are in difficult situations in Europe, we see that the European Union is helping. Throughout the COVID uh, pandemic, people, enterprises, regions were, were helped um, afterwards as a consequence of the illegal and illegitimate uh, invasion of Russian armed forces into Ukraine. Right. Prime ministers, governments see themselves that European support is needed and they themselves ask for Europe to do more. And if you say that Europe should do more, you should also give to the European Union the tools it needs and the budget is one of its main tools. The budget is always agreed in principle for a longer seven-year period because we want to give predictability to the beneficiaries of EU funds. We want farmers to know, researchers, right. students, SMEs, how much money is coming, for which areas and under which conditions. But seven years is a long period of time and always unexpected things occur. We yeah. agreed in 2020 the seven-year budget for 2021-2027. For a trillion, that was a trillion euros, Yes, right? yeah. and that was a time when we did not anticipate Russia invading Ukraine. Was so know. what I'm trying to say is, since 2020, we had a lot to do that we were not really planning for. And now we have to revise this budget to make sure that it is fit for the new challenges mm. so that we can finance our traditional priorities, our new priorities. Anna Michel was talking about the transition to the green economy, plus unexpected things that, uh, that might happen up to 2027. So the amount that uh, we are proposing is right. It's just, it's not too much. And it is in line with what the council itself agrees that we have to do. If we make a political commitment, if we want the union to be strong, we also have to give it the proper and, budget. And, and, and you mentioned the Ukraine uh, war because that, that needs a commitment as well. And we've seen a bit of, of some cracks in that commitment, haven't we, among, among some governments. Even across the Atlantic, there's, uh, there's division with uh, some of the Republicans uh, questioning the, the funding. So isn't this a critical moment to show that we are uh, showing our commitment to Ukraine by increasing that budget allotment for it, right? Yeah, but the, uh, uh, what Zygmunt said, I mean, the uh, budget is not just about money. Ju budget is about the policy making. So this is the, uh, we, will, we have to use budget to show what is our real approach, to the, for example, for Ukraine. For Ukraine, the uh, 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 European Union has already uh, uh, decided to send about 30 billion. Mm. So the, uh, the but but technically speaking, and I think this is important, this money will be finished the end of 23. It will run out. Yes, yeah. it will be zero. Yeah. So it means that 
and, and we have to help Ukraine, it's clear, especially in the world, the situation, we, we see what is the uh, situation in the US, by the way, also uh, during the debate about the budget, mm -hmm. because this is not by chance. This is the question of, certain, of saving the e US budget. We, as Europe, we should so, uh, show very, our clear uh, approach to the Ukrainian problem. So that's why we think that the revision of the budget is absolutely necessary. And the European, I mean, the Ukrainian facility, which is the instrument to help Ukraine grants and loans, uh, will be introduced as soon as possible. Uh, is it possible? Mm -hmm. Yes. But we need the agreement of the member states, of the council. We are ready. Yeah. And um, what about trying to uh, finance this through euro bonds to... Some might say the 10 billion is kind of a, a drop in the bucket. And even you, you said, well, 2 billion extra for emergency fund uh, natural disasters, that's pretty tight. What about euro bonds? Okay, look, euro bonds is, not, is, is an old idea. Hmm. But I mean, we have the RRF at the moment. So, and. and the recovery fund. Yes. Yeah. And that was a big step, as you know, for Europe. It has a common borrowing element. Billion. And there are pieces to the. RRF, which can be redeployed. I mean, it's normal, let's say, internal financial housekeeping rules that you move stuff around or move stuff around. isn't absorbed. Yeah. Or yesterday right. we were having a very interesting discussion about loans that people didn't ask for because, you know, this, this resilience facility has two tranches. It has grants and it has loans. It has loans, yeah. Countries right. have asked for loans. Um, but they haven't, you know, they haven't asked for the full amount that's available under the facility. So uh, mm. we have, we're having a discussion. Should we borrow this money anyway and use it for something else? Sure. So there's ways to go about it. I think a more productive, realistic, and grounded discussion at the moment is how we use the resources we have. That is part of a bigger discussion. Do we increase uh, countries' financial support to the European budget? Do mm. we go a eurobond route? Yeah. But at the moment, what we need is immediate solutions, and these are going to come from what's already on the right. table. This is the quick fix. Yes. Uh, until other decisions. Until are, other decisions yeah. are made. Um, uh, Siegfried, what about um, the EU raising its own money as well? That's that's an aspect, isn't it? The own resources thing. Look, uh, for the time being, the budget of the European Union is primarily um, formed based on contributions of member states. Yes. Every seven years, member states negotiate and decide how much each of them should contribute into the budget of the European Union. And of course, they think about the global European good, but let's be frank, a prime minister wants to make sure that his country contributes as little as possible into <laughs> the budget and benefits as much as possible. Yeah. So we, as a European Parliament, have the duty to make sure that it works for Europe. And this is why we, as a European Parliament, say the European Union funding should be transparent, it should be predictable, it should be automatic, it should not be the result of a political negotiations every seven years. And this is why we say the European Union should collect its own uh, sources of revenue. Right. It should have its own resources so that these are automatic, that they are not uh, as a result of uh, political negotiations. Of course, prime ministers do not want that. Ministers of finance do not want that because they want to decide themselves at national level how much they tax and then to transfer a part of, uh, a part of it to Brussels. So that's a big jump and uh, um, we're not there yet. But right. it will be good for people, for enterprises, for regions in Europe because it would mean more transparency, 
more predictability um, mm. and more uh, automaticity. And we as a parliament stay strong in saying the EU should have its own resources, its own sources of revenue in the long term. Can, can we talk a little bit more about that 10 billion? We talked about two, 2 billion for, the, uh, for <clears throat> emergencies, but there's also money for uh, migration, for strategic technologies. Um, Jan, can you talk about that? Yeah, but uh, uh, when we uh, uh, when we decide, decided to to reinforce the, of course, we didn't touch the proposal of the Commission concerning U Ukrainian facility. Okay. We think that 50 billion, 50 billion. is something which is uh, we shouldn't touch. But we would like to add money to the uh, to step, of course. But uh, and in this step, the uh, uh, we also would like to strategic uh, technologies, strategic right. technology. Yeah. But also, we would uh, it's ne absolutely necessary to reinforce the defense fund. I mean, this is this uh -huh. is. Also important for us. What this is also the the elements of migration, but not only the uh, southern migration, but also the internal elements of, of the European Union. Mm. And for us, what is important is to make the budget more flexible. Yeah. I mean, it's that, that's why we would like to put, for example, three billion to have this kind of a kind of a kind of reserve, which will, will allow us to react to something which is. Unexpected. So, yeah. so that's why altogether it makes the um, 10 billion. Of course, if you ask in the parliament how much we will need, it would be much, much, much higher. But sure. we, would, we, we would like to be to show that we are very rational, we are very pragmatic, and we think what is feasible. We think this is feasible. Yeah. And and, and what about trying to control costs? Is there something we can talk about there as well beyond the spending? It's controlling costs on different aspects. Anna Michelle, do you want to say anything about that? Well, look, I mean, there's some costs you can control and some that you can't. And, yeah. you know, ultimately, if Putin bombs something, then that's not a cost you control. So right. you need more money for Ukraine. Sure. If, you know, if there's a catastrophic flood, there's a catastrophic flood. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm not saying efficiency and transparency, all these things are basic principles that the European Union and adheres to and that Certainly, the parliament champions them at every mm. at every turn, but I don't think that cost cutting is the issue at the moment. The moment okay. it's the moment of uh, efficiency in the way you use m the money. Sure. It's the moment, as Jan said, of flexibility, so that you can deal with what comes up, and that's why we've asked for this three billion in the flexibility mm. instrument. And I think it's a moment to you know look at the brave new world and decide: Are we going to put our money where our mouth is? And yeah. and get done what we said we're going to get done and keep people safe and solid yeah. so that they trust us in the elections and not, you know, people who promise them the moon and the stars. Right. So what what's the next step here uh, when it gets uh, through the parliament then it goes to negotiations. Next, Some are saying, well, there there has to be a deal by January. Next step is you have to have a bunch of prime ministers here talking. Yeah, to exactly. Them. That's yeah. the next step. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Can you can you enlighten us on that, Look, uh, so, Siegfried? Can so, we see a deal by January? What do you think? I know you're not in charge. It's needed. Yeah, but, so yeah. uh, as we were discussing before, we did a lot for Ukraine since the beginning of the war. And by the way, helping Ukraine means also helping ourselves because we can only live in safety and stability within the borders of the Union if we are surrounded in our immediate neighborhood by countries which are safe and stable. We have uh, helped Ukraine a lot. We have helped frontline member states to tackle, with the, to tackle the huge influx of refugees as a consequence of, uh, of the war. And uh, we need to provide stable long-term funding for Ukraine also after the 1st of January yeah. to keep schools going, to keep hospitals going, to keep the 
administration in Ukraine able to care. So besides what we have to do for ourselves, you know, keeping Ukraine uh, going is also important. And the funding there is needed in January. So we are ready. It was at the beginning of October when, with a large majority, the European Parliament supported the report uh, uh, presented by our colleague Jan Olbricht. And now he has a strong mandate for negotiations with the Council. Good. The Council better agree themselves on a negotiating position as soon as possible so that we can conclude it by the end of the year and implement it as the 1st of January. So that's realistic then. We hope, hope to see that That's happen. what right. we should do yeah. and uh, that's what we are ready to do. Yeah. You're losing any sleep on that, Jan, or you think you're pretty confident? Yeah, but, uh, you know, uh, we are not naive, so yeah. we know how difficult it will be. So in, the, in terms of the annual budget, I think what is important that this is the co-decision. So Siegfried Murisan is negotiating the annual budget 24, but we need this revision for the budget 24. But in contrary, the uh, revision requires unanimity in the council. Yeah. And this is a real challenge, the unanimity council. And next, our decision, we can say yes or no. I repeat, we can say yes or no. That's true. It but has to uh, again. It goes but, back to you. Uh, but that's why it's a real challenge to have unanimity in such a very, very difficult issue. But there is no choice. Yeah. From 1st of January, we need money at least for Ukraine, but also for the other elements. Right. Hopefully not too much horse trading there. <laughs> Jan, thank you. Anna Michelle, thank you. Siegfried, and thanks to you for watching, uh, listening to the CPP Group Talk on uh, the EU budget. I'm Chris Burns. See you next time.